Welcome to the Your Own Food Coach podcast. My name is Pamela Kelly. Please come on in and find a comfortable place to listen. We've created this podcast for us to be safe and authentic as we have a conversation about nutrition and our health. Just so you know, I'm a licensed nutritionist and registered dietitian. My background is intuitive and mindful eating concepts grounded in science and current research. Together, let's explore the unique, interesting, and sometimes painful relationships and emotions clients have expressed to me in my office in over 20 years of private practice. Our goal here is to explore these experiences while offering some guidance and perspective we could all benefit from because what many of my brave clients have shared may be similar to what you or a loved one has experienced in the world of food, nutrition, and body image. You've come to the right place. In this episode, I find that I'm using the term diet quite a bit. So let's start off by saying that when we talk about diet, what we're talking about really is the manner in which we eat, not a specific diet per se. We're going to talk about mindful ways with food today. When my clients come in or call, they express to me a real frustration and conflict about diet advice they've received in their lives. This advice could be coming from friends or work associates or even a hairdresser. The advice comes from uncles and cousins and even the church sometimes, let alone the information and advice that comes from social media and the obsession with Instagram seems everyone has these days. And oh my gosh, the food rules that have come up for so many people. We've all been receiving these dieting messages over the years, and it's impossible not to hear them when they are major advertisers on all social social media and television. Dieting has become part of a culture for many, many generations. It's not just today. Dieting has been around a long time. And in other episodes, we'll discuss the rise of food tribes in our culture, but today I want to take us back to the beginning and remember the truth about what we know about eating and nourishment from its most basic foundation, which is mindfulness. Often, starting at the beginning is necessary to reset or reboot the foundation of eating and to relearn the trust of the intuitive nature we were all born with regarding food and the experience of eating, I know this myself in my own upbringing of being able to look at food and how food felt in my own body. Using yourself and myself as an internal guide or a resource instead of looking at outside or external sources like dieting helps us reconnect with what is best for each of us individually. When you think of external cues and drives, We find ourselves relying on outside sources to decide what's in our best interest. And that's fine when we're children because we need those cues from caregivers and parents. But when a diet, or actually even a dietitian for that matter, tells you when, why, what, where, 
and how much to eat, that external voice may or may not know what's actually best for you. Even looking at childhood, some are forced to clean their plate, ignoring the guiding, intuitive nature of fullness until we learn to no longer even trust the idea of fullness. Sometimes that external voice does match and fit what we need, and there is no conflict. But my clients tell me stories of the extinguished voice and the mistrust that was set up so long ago and ended up in dieting failures and shame and defeat without even really knowing what and why and how to eat without a diet calling the shots for them. It can be very frustrating. It's not so much the style of a diet that makes mindful eating difficult because many of of us experience different styles or beliefs about eating. For instance, some of us do very well with a vegetarian diet if it fits ethical or a moral framework of your life. Vegetarians can have very nutritious and adequate diets with plant proteins and mindful eating can absolutely be part of that eating style. A healthy life grounded in intuitive eating, honoring hunger and fullness and feeling well and well-nourished is very possible with eating any style. But someone who follows a vegetarian diet, for example, as a means of weight loss and basing their diet on the exclusion of an entire food group could be set up for potential failure. Do you see the difference? There's many examples of diets that exclude food groups. And in the office, we often see these exclusions set up intense cravings and for some of frightening experiences of binging on a food that has been restrained or believed to have been a bad food. And guess what happens? That turns out that the person who restricted the food begins to feel shamed and they feel like they are bad because they ate the offending food, whether it be carbohydrate or sugar or protein or fat or whatever it might be. So following intuitive and mindful eating based recommendations allows all food to fit and it takes any food from an exclusion perspective and places it instead in a place of choosing when and what feels important to keep you feeling your best in meal selection. And that means, too, that intuitive and mindful eating might actually point out certain foods that don't service well or don't need to be part of your typical meal plan. Let's look at examples of including a food in a mindful eating experience. Picture for just a moment a delicious, hot, steaming bowl of steel-cut oats served in the morning, at the breakfast table, in your favorite bowl. Added to that oatmeal is crunchy, slivered almonds, beautiful blueberries for sweetness and color. And in this moment, you could experience the space to enjoy the pleasure of the food from the beginning that very first bite, the middle as the temperature begins to cool, and the intense flavors that might start to fade to the end and the last bite, and then we go wash the bowl. That is mindful eating. This exercise can actually be done with any food, 
that you may have been told you shouldn't eat or a food that you might fear you might overeat. It's the experience that you have with the food in the moment that matters, not the judgment given to a food as a forbidden food or again in a dieting extreme that uses the food from a rural perspective. What we know is that learning to trust ourselves is one of the most important parts of intuitive and mindful eating. And trusting is a very part of experience with food in our bodies in general. Trust. Now, think of a baby or a young child. They cry when they're hungry, and it's nearly impossible to overfeed them when they are full. They'll turn their head away, or they might even spit it out. This is the basic tenet of intuitive eating principles. And the book by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rest called Intuitive Eating addressed this beautifully. Their book is based on multiple scientific research studies, was first published in 1995, and I encourage you to explore intuitive eating and the 10 principles in their book, and we'll discuss this even more detail in a later episode. There is a preciousness to each moment in our lives, and because eating is so fundamental to life, it makes perfect sense that we cherish the moments we can with food and look for the delight in the perfect bite. It might be in a strawberry, it might be a bite of chocolate, or it might be the lick of a melting ice cream cone. Remembering each experience comes with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Intuitive eating and mindful eating leave no room for judgment other than to know what feels right for you and your body, for your hunger, and to satisfy yourself towards the best place of satisfaction and fullness. My clients share with me, too, that mindful eating is difficult for them if they feel triggered by events or by environment that take them out of the present moment and take them out of being in the moment of today and now. How many of us eat in front of our screens or while driving? I'll tell you, it's literally impossible to hear the inner guidance of yourself while you're performing another task. And my clients have shared many times when that's happened to them. Could we find maybe one meal per day to practice this awareness or maybe even one bite of food that we consume with the absoluteness of right now. No judgment, no shame, no criticism, just a bite of awesome. We can choose to appreciate the preciousness of that bite of food and the essence of what mindful awareness really is. We are hardwired to cross-reference flavors, smells, textures of everything. It's an amazing process. And though it's a complex system, our bodies are designed for our benefit. It's majestic. It's a miracle. And you can trust it. If we allow ourselves to be vulnerable with the joy and sadness, we can become more likely of not letting foods take over the role as a companion to be used to handle emotions. Do you know what I mean? Some of my clients tell me stories that food triggers have robbed them of their capacity to let foods fit in their life. They tell me that they use food 
as a way to handle their emotions and that they fear that their experience of food might actually be addictive. This is something we need to talk about more, and we will explore food as an addictive substance in future episodes. Intuitive eating sometimes is misunderstood in the thought that it gives you full permission to binge on a food and all food. And this is terrifying to my clients, and I don't think that's ever what it was meant to be or designed to share. I encourage you to explore other mindful eating books and resources. A couple of my other favorites are Jan Chosen Bay's Mindful Eating and Michelle May's book called Am I Hungry? I'm trained in both of these concepts and I am a facilitator for Am I Hungry? groups. If this is interesting to you, I encourage you to reach out and get in touch with me. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. We're in search of answers, but it may be we're not asking the right questions. If this podcast brought up questions for you, I encourage you to talk to friends, family, and others. And you can reach out to me as well. I do virtual sessions and offer them. And I encourage you to look at the books I've mentioned here today. Thank you for coming and join me again next time for your own food coach. Bye-bye. The information presented on this podcast is for the enjoyment of all listeners. It is not intended as either medical or medical nutrition advice or counseling, nor is it specific to any particular individual. It is not intended to replace counseling, medical nutrition therapy, or treatment. Contact a healthcare professional if you are experiencing problems that seem health-related. Please contact 911 if you are having an emergency. Thank you.